This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. The Lord gave me a word for the church that this year there is a sound of abundance. There is an abundance coming your way. And I've told you that, right? And then the Lord said to me that one of the reasons where, why there might not be an abundance is because there's a blockade. There's a siege. And we have talked about the siege is over. Every siege, everything blocking your flow of benefit, everything blocking the flow of abundance to you, it is removed in the name of Jesus. And it is permanent in the name of Jesus. The third thing the Lord said to me is we must take time to pray, to reset, to press a reset button. And we planned a three-day prayer retreat. How many people were there? If you were blessed, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. That's what I expected to hear. The purpose of that prayer retreat is not for you to go back and say, ah, it was wonderful. It was fantastic. In fact, it was this, it was that. That's not the purpose. If that's the purpose for you, you have missed the point. The purpose is to inspire you to pray. I told you the abundance will come about by three things. GPS. Putting God first. The P, prayer. And the S, service. Amen. So now that we have had the prayer retreat, my prayer and my hope is that now you are inspired to continue to pray on your own. Now you have certain knowledge of prayer and you can go back on your own and continue to pray on your own. And the Lord will help you. Amen. I say the Lord will help you. Amen. So if there's a blockade and you remove the blockade, what happens? Free flow. There's a gushing in a dam. What's happening in the dam? They put a blockade. And then when they open the gates of the dam, the water is gushing out. So there's an avalanche of blessing coming your way because the, the, the blockade has been removed. And it shall be removed permanently. In the name of Jesus. So today, what I want to talk to you about is going forward. Somebody say, go forward. Go forward. Look at your neighbor. Say, go forward. go forward. In the name of Jesus. Go forward. Because if there's a blockade and you remove the blockade, whatever was behind the blockade can now flow through. It can begin to move. You can have movement. You can have a flow. Amen. There are many examples that you can see in scripture of how this happened. Uh, the cornerstone text that we use for the siege is over, uh, Second Kings, you know. We saw that when those four lepers began to march towards the camp of the enemy, the reason there was famine in the land is not because there was no rain. It's because their supply chain has been blocked. Amen. Their supply chain had been blocked. So once the, those lepers marched to the enemy's camp, God amplifying their footsteps, the enemy ran away. Everything the enemy had became supply for the children of Israel. My prayer for you this morning is beginning from today, your effort, God will amplify your efforts. 
in the name of Jesus. Every step you take, little effort, big result. Little input, massive result. Little effort, maximum impact. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because there is no calculation of how lepers walking can add up to the thunderous sound of an army coming. So what that means is God, God can add wind to your sail. That you are just rowing gently, and it seems like you are going on a fast boat. Why? Because God is blowing wind behind you in the name of Jesus. There are a few examples of this in Scripture. Uh, I will mention two, and then we'll, we'll talk about the third one very quickly. Number one, you see the example of the children of Israel. The children of Israel had been in captivity for so long. The enemy sat upon their neck. Even though they were very productive, it did not reflect in their lives. You know, because slaves don't get paid wages. Slaves don't get paid wages. Amen? So the enemy was exerting on them. They were working very hard, working like elephants and eating like ants. They were under severe siege, but God came through for them. When God delivered them, the enemy would not let them go. He still pursued after them. The enemy still pursued after them and followed them. They now got to the rest. Now they have siege on both sides. The enemy was coming behind and the sea was in front of them. But God gave them a breakthrough. God will give you a breakthrough. In the name of Jesus. There is somebody here today, you are between a rock and a hard place. God will make a way for you in the midst of the sea. In the name of Jesus. What did God do? In Exodus chapter 14, the Bible says, Exodus chapter 14, you read verse 15, the Lord said unto Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. What that means is God has given you victory, but because you have not seen it yet, you are still complaining. You are still complaining. There's a story that was told of a dog that was tied to a tree with a long chain. You know, the dog had, over time, by experience, the dog knows how far to run and pull the brakes. It was like that for a long time. Then they removed the chain. The dog, after the chain had been removed, would still run, get to the boundary, and stop, and wouldn't go forward. The siege is over. It's time for you to go forward. I say it's time for you to go forward. In the name of Jesus. One of the worst enemies in the life of individuals is procrastination. You know this is what God wants you to do. But you are still, maybe tomorrow, maybe the day after. Every day you procrastinate, somebody else is living that dream. Somebody else is working on it. Hallelujah. So the children of Israel, God said, said to Moses, why are you complaining to me? Why are you crying? Why are you shouting? He said, I've given you everything you need. What's in your hand? There's a rod. He said, stretch that rod. And he stretched the rod and the rest he parted. What am I saying to you this morning? What you need for your breakthrough is already in your hand. What you need for your next move, you already have it. It's not something that is coming. It's something that is already with you. A few years ago, when I decided I'm going to go by vocational, 
and I was wondering, Lord, what would I do? I remember at the beginning of that year, the Lord was saying to me, and I was saying to the church as well, you know, because there's an understanding in some circles that there's a demon that eats money. And I realized a demon that eats money that will be eating the money of broke people is not a wise demon at all. <laughs> if there's a demon that eats money, a demon that feeds on money, that demon will be living with the Jeff Bezos of this world. That demon will be having conversation with the Bill Gates of this world. You know, so God said to me that the reason people are saying those things is he said the problem they have is they are not making enough. You are not making enough. So I was saying, every demon, stay taking my money. There's no demon taking your money. You just don't make enough. So I began to pray, and I said, Lord, what would you have me do? I was going to send a text to an individual, and I made a mistake. I sent the text, text on a blast. I sent the text to 250 people. And I noticed people were just texting me, and I'm like, what is going on? Where from where to where? I've not heard from this person in a long. Cut long story short, one of the people that responded was the one that God used to lead me to do what I needed to do. You will make good mistakes. Yeah. You will make wonderful mistakes that will lead to great success for you. In the name of Jesus. God said to Abraham, He said, Get up and go to a land that I will show you. Excuse me. If I say get up and go to Dallas, there's a destination in, in, in mind. He said, get up and go to a land that I will show you. Makes no sense whatsoever. Genesis chapter 12, from 1, you read. The, the Lord said to him, get up. And go, I will lead you along the way. Many of you, God already spoke to you. You are not in doubt of what God wants you to do. But you are waiting for everything to fall in line perfectly. Amen? Abraham got up. Read the text. He got up and he began to go. He just, he just went. And as he was going, God was leading. Elijah did not wait for thick cloud before he declared abundance. Once they saw, told him, I see a cloud the size of a man's fist, he said to the king, he said, get up and start going. Once God shows you a glimpse, it is time for you to begin to what? To move. You will go forward. I say you will go forward. The Israelites went ahead, they went forward, and every blockade was removed out of their way. The blockade is removed. The onus is on you to begin to move. Is for you to begin to what? For you to move. You see the story of, of Paul. You know, one of the things I learned from the life of Paul is a lot of people lo know a lot of things. They only know the wrong things. I'll say it again. You know many things, but you just know things that ain't so. On true things. Amen? So knowledge is not enough. Having the right kind of knowledge is what will transform a life. Amen? Paul was a doctor at law. Trained under Gamaliel. 
He was a very sound person in the world. But he just knew things that were not so. Until Jesus appeared to him. Jesus met him in Acts chapter 9. And he asked a very smart question that most people don't ask today. The number one question Paul asked God is, what must I do? What, my, what, 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 what? what must I do? He did not sit on his behind and expect it. <laughs> you know, when people think about miracle, they think I do nothing and God just do, does everything. And bam! One million dollars in my account. It will never happen. <laughs> it's not a curse. That would be magic. That if <laughs> Okay, remove magic. If a million dollars suddenly hits your account today, without any shadow of doubt, you will hear from IRS. You now say, oh, it's by the spirit. They say, which spirit? <laughs> they can't trace that money anywhere. You say it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> At least not in America. Maybe in Nigeria and other places, money can just show up in your account and there's no accountability for it. Maybe. But in America, guaranteed, you will get a call from IRS. They will begin to do an audit of your account and your friends and everything. Why? Because in this day of terrorism and things like that, that is a very not so. Praise the Lord. So when God is going to bless you, is going to move you in a direction to do certain things that will bring about blessing in your life. God is not a magician. Hallelujah. Let's look at the life of, the life of uh, Saul, King Saul, very quickly. Amen. King Saul. King Saul, the way I like to describe him, his life is about divine placement and divine arrangement. Can you say that with me? Divine placement and divine arrangement. God will divinely place you. God will divinely arrange things in your favor. In the name of Jesus. But Saul himself had to do some things. Amen. His story is also what you can liken to time and chance. Time and chance. Because there was a window of opportunity. And he was in the right place at the right time doing the right things. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When you are in the right place at the right time doing the right thing, you will get amazing results that you have not imagined. Listen to this. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, 11, you know it. He says, I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest, fastest runner doesn't always win the race. Amen? And the strongest warrior doesn't always win in battle. The wise, the wise sometimes go hungry. It means even wisdom will fail you. Amen? And watch this. And the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. He says, but time, those that are educated don't always lead successful life. Your PhD does not equate success in life. Watch this. I'm a big fan of education. In fact, God helping me, I'm still hoping someday to go back and do a PhD. That was the plan. But uh, anyway, let's go back to the scripture. <laughs> Wait, wait, watch this. It says, 
It is all decided by what? Say it like you mean it now. This is Bible. It's Bible. It's not my notes. They are not sharing my notes. This Bible. He said, it is all decided by what? Chance. And by being in the right place at the right time. God will position you in the right place and at the right time. In the name of Jesus. Time and chance is how the Old Testament, uh, the, the New King James puts it. He said, time and chance happens to them all. Look, when he started, I'm not going to read now because of time. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 9, you can read 1 to 4. In 1 Samuel chapter, one, uh, chapter 9, 1 to 4, what you will find is the introduction of Saul's father. The Bible says, Kish, the father of Saul, was a wealthy man and a man of great influence. Amen? A wealthy man and a man of great influence. And uh, some of his donkeys were missing. So he calls on his son, Saul, to go look for, <laughs> to go look for the donkeys. You know? So what I want to show you here are the qualifications of Saul. Why was he chosen? You know, number one, the question I ask is, was Saul the only son? We don't know. But we know other things. For example, Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus, was picked to be the mother of the Savior. Amen? Was she the only virgin in the town? I know that for a fact she was not the only one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When God sent Elijah to the widow in Zarephath, was she the only widow? Probably not. So there is something that qualify, there are some things by nature that will qualify you for right place, right time, and right things. Praise the Lord. So that's what I want us to look at very quickly in the time remaining. So number one is obedience. When God speaks, if you don't move, nothing happens. You can't, you can't, you, you can't, obedience is key. Let's just leave it at that. When God has spoken, God will lead you. He will give you instruction. He will nudge you. I told you that the last time, that God nudges us. The nudging of the Lord is not by force. It's not going to force you and make you. He said, if God wants me to do it, he will make me do it. You have lied to yourself. He's not going to make you do nothing. Amen? Because the spirit of God is a gentle spirit. So the number one key thing in life is obedience. When God speaks, if we don't obey, then we don't get the result. We were having a a devotion at home, and uh, I I said something that I'm I'm going to reference in a little bit. Obedience requires courage. That's what I found. Amen? And courage is not an absence of fear. Courage is taking action in spite of fear. Going forward, even though you see all the odds that are against you, but you know what God has said to you, and then you decide to step forward, regardless. The Bible says, when the disciples were on a boat, uh, they, there was storm at sea, and they saw somebody walking, and they thought it was a ghost. And then Jesus said to them, no, 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 this is not a ghost, this is I. Then Peter said, Master, if that is you, bid me come. And Jesus told him to come. And he stepped out of the boat. 
and started walking. You know, you can focus on him thinking that he doubted and all of that. But the other disciples, did they, did they experience walking on water experience? They didn't have walking on water experience. Why? He obeyed. You have to step out to the uneasy. You have to step out to the uncomfortable. When God, if that is what God is leading you, you have to step out and do it. Obedience, what? Requires courage. When you read the story of, uh, of Saul, the Bible tells us that Saul, number one, his dad was rich. His dad was influential. When the dad told him, go look for donkeys, he can say, oh, the slaves can go look for donkeys. Servants can go look for donkeys. He could say no, but he didn't. He could say, oh, and the Bible says he was taller than every man in Israel. He was handsome. He was cute. <laughs> he can say, no, 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 no. This pretty face is not for hot sun. I know they lived in the desert. He could say, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to be scorched by sun and all of this. I'm too cute to be in the sun. He could have said all of that, but he obeyed. He obeyed. Will you obey the nudging of the Lord? There are some of you, God has been nudging you a long time, but you are debating in your heart. You know, something as simple as you see the ushers on Sunday, something is telling you you should be an usher. But you are telling yourselves all the reasons why you cannot be an usher. And God is nudging you. You are waiting for God to say, Oh, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. Let me use CJ because you will get mad at me. <laughs> my daughter, my daughter, Tejumade, the wife of Akinwale Oguntodu. I want you to be an usher. Unless God tells me like that, I will not do it. Keep on living. <laughs> I praise the Lord. God is nudging your heart. Your next step, your next level, you may not be able to attend to until you obey the Lord. Amen? Number two is service. I kind of jumped ahead of myself. You know, think about a very skillful, talented person, but not available. Other skill, other talent is of no use. Amen? If somebody says, ah! This video that these kids are shooting is not, they can do it this way, they can put it this angle, they can do, you can say all of that. When it comes to shooting the video, if you are not there to do angle and do all of that, of what use is that? Not only was he a, a, a obedient, he was available. He made himself available to his father. Amen? The father saw all the other children, but he chose Saul. Saul thought he was looking for lost donkeys, but God had a different plan for him. Amen? You might think this is what you're doing, but God knows the end game. He has the end game in mind. The end game for you is not what you think you're doing now. God is leading you to something greater. Amen? I, be, I receive that for myself. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Let me give you an example of myself here. When I came to San Antonio... I came to San Antonio because the military brought me here. I was in the army. I know I don't look quite like it anymore. But 
Cynthia will remember. I was buffed. I was, you know, everything soldier. <laughs> you know, but now big belly, all of that. But that's, that's not what we are talking about. And you're laughing because you two can relate, you know. <laughs> you're not who you used to be. <laughs> that, that's what brought me to San Antonio. When I was coming to San Antonio, I had no idea I will ever pastor anything called church. So my goal was to come to San Antonio, do what I have to do, and then they will post me some other place where I'm going to work. When it was time for posting, the church already started. So I was looking for every excuse in the book not to leave San Antonio, and God helped me. They first posted me to North Carolina with the airborne, people that are running five miles in the morning. <laughs> I said, this cannot work. <laughs> so I told them, I remember, but see, what was guiding me was the church. My passion to serve, that was my main motive. So I told them, I said, look, I have this qualifier in my, you know, we call it MOS. Uh, Captain will know what I'm talking about. And we call it MOS. I said, my MOS, I have this qualifier. I cannot go to that place. I can only go to a research station. He said, okay. We'll send you to Great Lakes, uh, Illinois then. Then I inquired. He said, that place is very cool though. <laughs> and as God will have it, I didn't time anything. I didn't plan anything. My wife was pregnant with the twins at the time. And the doctor said twin pregnancy is high-risk pregnancy. Yes, doc? <laughs> so I took the letter to them and said, <laughs> my wife is high-risk pregnancy. They said, okay, your trouble is too much. There's a research station in San Antonio. We just post you there. The point I'm making to you is where there is a will, God will make a way. Amen. God will make a way. And until you align your life with the purpose of God, things may not quite work out as well. So service, service. Number three, humility and generosity. Humil if he wasn't humble, he wouldn't go. He humbled himself. That's number one. Number two, when you read the story, the Bible says he got tired. He said, we've gone everywhere, up and down. We can't find these donkeys. Let's go back home before my dad begins to worry about us. That's a fair concern. Then the servant said to him, he said, how about we go to this other city? There is a man of God there. Let's go ask him. He was not too proud to listen to the servant. Pride, <laughs> pride destroys. Say, who are you? What do you know? I've been doing this thing 40 years. What are you talking about? God, remember, uh, what's his Naaman. Naaman, he was a slave girl in his house that gave him solution to his leprosy. A slave girl. God can use anybody to speak to you. Don't be too proud to accept what people are saying to you. I'm open to feedback. Some of it are painful, you know, but I take it like that, you know. But feedback is important. You cannot get better in life without feedback because you don't see yourself as much as other people looking at you. 
I'm standing here, I'm doing everything I'm doing. If anything is crooked about me, I can't see. But you are, ah, pastor, fix your chair. Oh, fix your pants. Oh, fix the, oh, the, the, the you, you are seeing it, but I'm not seeing it. Why? Because I don't see myself as much as you see me. Praise the Lord. So when God is speaking to you, don't let pride get in the way. Not only was he humble, he was a generous man. I said, Pastor, how did you see that? Go to um, verse 7, 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 7. When the servant said, let's go there, he said to the servant, he said, but we don't have anything to offer the man of God. That tells you that this man was a giver. He was a giver. He's not the kind of person that wants something for nothing. He said, we don't have anything to offer him. Even food is finished. And we don't have anything to give him. He was a generous man. His mind, his heart, God, were things that God considered and figured that this one is a good choice and a good candidate for divine placement and divine arrangement. May God find you faithful. Amen. I say, may God find you faithful. Amen. Not only that, he himself at this point was broke. He said, we don't have anything. The servant said, I have a piece of silver. He was not too proud to accept that piece of silver. You know, in almost 20 years of pastoring here in, uh, in America, I've seen all kinds of things. You know, there are people that you have offered assistance to that have declined even though they severely need it. Pride. Pride. Everybody needs somebody. Can you say that with me? Everybody needs somebody. Every, thank you. <laughs> Everybody needs somebody. What you see here today by the grace of God, I couldn't do this by myself. It doesn't matter how anointed you are. I have able people. Associate pastors, ministers, workers, working diligently to ensure that the work continues and it continues to get better. You need people in your life. Don't be too proud to accept people that are trying to help you. Praise the Lord. And last thing there, it was dedicated and it was tenacious. It held on. They, they went everywhere. Every Across the country, they went looking. You will see that in, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 4. It says, so Saul took one of the servants and traveled through the hill country of Ephraim, the land of Shalisha, the Shalim area, and the entire land of Benjamin. But they couldn't find the donkeys anywhere. He was not quick to give up. They will look in this area, they are not there. He will go to the other place, they are not there. He went everywhere possible. You know, some people, you give them an assignment, they just come back and say, ah, we tried, it didn't work. How many times did you try? How many ways? How many different ways did you try to do it? Did you just look for one way? Did you ask questions? Did you reach out to people? How did you do it that you say it didn't work? He obeyed wholeheartedly. When you obey God wholeheartedly, God will have your back. Watch this. Isaiah chapter 52. I'm, I'm going to read the B part. Uh, verse 12, the B part. He said, for the Lord will go ahead of you. The God of Israel will protect you from behind. Amen. When you are under instruction from God, God himself will be your rear guard. Amen. It's protecting you. It's, it's giving you 
what did uh, uh, Mayowa call it now? Expo is whispering to you. The Bible says you will hear a voice behind you telling you this is the way, walk in it. God will give you expo. But too many people are too busy with their life. They don't have time to listen to God. I pray that that will change now. I say that has changed now. In the name of Jesus. Rise to your feet. We're going to close now. This is the word of the Lord for somebody today. Uh, If I don't know anything, I know this one very well. This, This God said to me that where you are, you have stayed there long enough. And it's time for you to go forward. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.